0: to the We're Talking Football podcast, coming to you from a Shared Universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me, as always, is Lou. God damn, Lou. You broke out California love on us for today, didn't you?
1: Well, we're covering the AFC and NFC West. I thought it was so appropriate. Does anything get you more hyped than a Dr. Dre beat?
0: No. That's a fact. No.
1: By the way, I'm also loving your all right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey uh, intros there.
0: We can have that conversation on another podcast because I secretly infatuated with that individual, but I want people to continue to listen. Let's agree that West Coast is the best coast, which is quite strange hearing from two guys from the East Coast. And like you said, Lou, related to a Dr. Dre beat, side note for listeners, there's a tremendous music video that goes to this tune. But that just shows our age, back when MTV actually played music videos. They and, played music videos? <laughs> and not just Jersey Shore repeat hey,
1: uh, hey, episodes. Hey, relax, those are good, those <laughs> are good. Quality TV.
0: Lou, we are here. Final day of coverage for 32 NFL teams, their free agency needs and to-do lists, and we wrap up with the AFC and NFC West. And I don't know if I could be more excited than I am right now. To cover these teams, but to put free agency for a
1: rest. That's exactly what I was going to say. Are you happy to cover these teams or just to, to you know, put this to rest? It's a combination of both. Um,
0: it's, I think we both agree it's been a lot of content over the last few weeks, um, specifically this week, but it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. But let's, in the interest of time, let's go ahead and dive right in. I think we're going to begin with the AFC West. Lou, who you got first on the docket out there?
1: Well, we have the defending AFC champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Their estimated salary cap space is $4.1 million over the cap. They're ranked 25th in the league. Uh, their top needs would be an entire offensive line. We're going to get into that a little bit later. And uh, cornerback and wide receiver. Their pending free agents, Sammy Watkins. How the hell is this guy only 27 years old? He's been in the league, like I think, 30 years, it feels I'm like.
0: I'm baffled when I see that every single time.
1: I know. He's never been able to live up to the hype coming out of Clemson. Uh, every season, usually in the beginning, before he gets hurt, he has a couple of those wow games and goes bonkers, but then disappears and stretches on out. The last time he played a full season, his rookie year. The last time he had over 1,000 yards, his sophomore year. You want the final nail in the coffin Why Watkins won't be back? Chiefs GM already said, came out and said it's a foregone conclusion that Kansas City won't be able to retain him this year because of the challenges of the salary cap going down. So
0: both the... Eclipsing a thousand yards receiving and playing an entire sixteen game schedule were both with, when he was in Buffalo. Yep. So he has since been to the Rams. That since was fifteen since years ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's still twenty seven. Yep.
1: Uh, next is a pair of in, uh, interior offensive linemen, Kaleche Osimile and Mike Remmers. Just like JPP, I don't know who the hell Mike Remmers is. Translation: His services and the lack thereof won't be needed anymore. <laughs> and I think what a lot of people are forgetting that the that the uh, return of Laurent. DuVernay Tardif makes Kaleche Osimile expendable. So I don't believe uh, he will be back either. Austin Reeder, a 29-year-old center. He's a quality center. only allowed seven pressures last year and not a single penalty. He's he's serviceable. The issue with him is his ability to run block because he constantly gets overpowered by those bigger defensive linemen. But I do think for continuity purposes, they will bring back Reeder. And last but not least, Bashad Breeland, 29-year-old cornerback. This guy's a roller coaster man. At times, he comes up with a clutch defended pass. And other times, he completely blows assignments. He has the second most penalties since 2008, which and uh, which he had five last year. By the way, his teammate, uh, Trevarius Ward, the other starting quarterback on the team, had eight penalties last year. That's why I said before they need to address the cornerback position, either the draft or in free agency.
0: Lou, can I add one to you? Cool. Dirty Dan Sorensen. I know he's thirty-one. I know a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate his style of play, what, but
1: bad I, and dirty.
0: Yeah, um, but I appreciate it, and I and I, it's a sets a physical tone, and I think he complements the other safety on the other side quite well, which we'll we'll talk about here in a f- few moments. But I think that's a that's a loss that's okay. going to hurt that defense.
1: All right, well, breaking news, people! Breaking news: This just in: Eric Fisher and Michael Schwartz, their starting offensive tackles, just got released as we were recording this. So. Eric Fisher is going to save them $11.9 million, and Michael Schwartz will save them $6 million flat. A little shocking when you first think about it, but give the Chiefs GM some lead way. He's done a fantastic job of building this roster. I think he has something up his sleeve. And they really like another second-year player, Lucas Naying, out of TCU from last year on the right-hand side. Anthony Hitchens. Linebacker, he's in, he'd probably be another post-June cut. He saves the team $6.3 million. And it's going to be a controversial name I'm about to uh, say right now, Honey Badger. Listen, his cap number is $19 million. For a safety? I don't care how good you are as a safety. A $19 million cap hit is usually designated for upper echelon defensive ends or your offensive tackles, the premium positions on the field. The Chiefs can save $14.8 million by cutting him. But I really, I really think the likely scenario is them extending him for another two to three year to stretch out that uh, that cap hit.
0: I I think that is something they have to get done, the restructuring of that contract because a man of his talent you do not want to walk out the door. But I agree. How do you how do you allow a safety to carry a nineteen million dollar yeah. a year cap hit? But the reason why these things have to be considered, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, Lou, but when you think of Because of the success that the Kansas City Chiefs have had over the last few years, usually means players are getting paid and getting paid top dollar. You got to pay your superstars if you want to retain them. So when you think of Frank Clark, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Tyreek Hill, those five names equate for $108 million against the cap in 2021, which means... I have to cut both my starting tackles on my offensive line for that savings means I have to reevaluate Tyron Matthew. So that's I think they're in a similar situation that we identified with the Falcons a few days ago, yep. In my opinion.
1: Yep, they're going to have to just restructure a bunch of their stars, uh contracts. Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, Chris Jones, just to provide some additional flexibility. Now some potential free agent targets, uh, interior offensive line, the Chiefs don't have the money to splurge. But if they do want to upgrade the guard position opposite of uh, Duvernay Tardif, some cost-effective options would be Denzel Good and John Feliciano, both who add some juice when it comes to establishing the running game, and neither will break the bank. Here's an interesting name for you. Let's not forget about Kyle Long. He just came out of a one-year retirement and probably want to go to a contender. He'd be a high-reward, low-risk target for the Chiefs to take a flyer on.
0: I love that suggestion. So when I saw your notes... I admittedly completely forgot that this man had stepped away for a year. It's probably entertaining coming back. And I could not actually agree with you more that I think he'd be a tremendous fit. Like you said, high reward, low risk, low cost, and clearly somebody who can play the game. Yep.
1: For wide receiver, let me ask you a question. Besides cheeseburgers, what does Andy Reid love most?
0: I'm going to guess some fast wide receivers. Yep.
1: He loves himself some speed at the wide opposition. Look for the Chiefs to reunite Deshaun Jackson with Andy Reid to replace Sammy Watkins, or even at, or uh, Brashad Perriman, who's another burner, but with better size. And at the quarterback, uh, cornerback position, we talked about Xavier Rhodes a couple of shows back, flying a new beginning with the Colts last year. How about A.J. Bouye, staying in the AFC West, looking for a career resurgence on his own with a contender?
0: I love it. You know how I feel about A.J. Bouye to, to begin with. I think he'd be a great addition um, to that team. I can't argue with you on any of these points, given what their needs are. To me, they're not in a tremendous position, given the cap situation, to add a ton of superstars at skills positions. I think they already have superstars at skill positions. they don't need it. They don't need it. So the focus for them should be getting better on the offensive line. You need to protect your prize possession, which is Patrick Mahomes. If you're going to pay this man forty million dollars a year. You need to make sure he's able to suit up for all 16 games.
1: Yeah, it's a shame we don't. We're not. We can't talk about trades in this free agency because what I wouldn't say is watch for them to trade for Orlando Brown, who wants to play left tackle and is really cheap too. So, but we can't talk about trades. So let's not pretend like we didn't. I didn't say that. Okay. I
0: see what you're doing there, Lou.
1: No, nah, let's go on. <laughs> let's keep on going.
0: I'm comfortable with Kansas City. Are you comfortable? Let's move on to uh, Denver. All right. So, next up, Denver Broncos. Last checked, $32 in and change in cap room. That leaves them number seven overall in cap space. They have 33 free agents. I've identified their top needs to be corner, a quarterback, cornerback, an edge rusher, and defensive tackle.
1: Can I throw one else out there? Please do. Linebacker. Baby. Okay uh in the middle of that they get more athletic. So you're
0: quicker. thinking inside versus outside. Inside okay. inside
1: linebacker. Yep. Okay.
0: I'm hoping you can add a name for me in a few moments here. We'll see. So top free agents, 32-year-old defensive tackle Jarell Casey, AJ Bouye. I obviously when I was putting in my notes this was pre Justin Simmons signing the, the franchise tag, I thought he was going to be a tremendous loss for them, but good kudos to them for being able to bring him back. Defensive tackle Shelby Harris, who I happen to be a huge fan of. And guard, Elijah Wilkinson, 26-year-old guard. I think those are far and few between. Sometimes you got to find a way to return them. Cap casualties here. Obviously, the Bouye and Jarrell Casey has already happened. That's why they're at that $32 million number. Kareem Jackson, so a 33-year-old cornerback. He's got a $10 million club option. I don't think they exercise it. Here's a controversial name. 32-year-old edge rusher von miller now i know he's been a staple and a face of this franchise for a while but he has a 19 million dollar club option that if they reject brings them back 18 million in flexible cap spend he's had some off the field issues as of late although there's not a lot of details that come out about it Actually,
1: just came out five days ago those charges will not be filed against miller
0: still there right um to me is his head in the right place for a team that has a really good roster that I want younger stars in? And at, call what is what it is, at 32 years old, he's probably not the same player he was when he was 22, 23, 24 years old and was a superstar in this league. And uh, both of those decisions need to be made by March 16th. So we will see action on that sooner rather than later. The other ones I'm thinking about, Bryce Callahan, $6.8 million, Nick Vanette. million. How in the world are you paying a third string tight end nearly $3 million? Like, that's got to go. Um, And then maybe QB, Jeff Driscoll, $2.5 because we already know they have a wide receiver on their roster who can willingly play quarterback when everybody else gets COVID.
1: <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to disagree with you, Bryce Callahan. I think he's still a very good slot cornerback. I don't think his cap number is that outrageous. Where They, uh, they need to be adding to that secondary, not subtracting, in my honest opinion.
0: I, I agree, and I'm going to talk about what they're going to add okay. when they save up all this money. But before I get into players... Again, I want to recommit that franchising Justin Simmons was a very logical idea and is going to give them the opportunity to extend him. He's going to be a Bronco um, for an extended period of time. Are they really going to cut Von Miller? Yes, they are. And yes, they should. I'm saying that they should. Wow. To me, the biggest need here is the quarterback position. Needs to be addressed via free agency or the draft. And I know we're only talking about free agency, but Drew Locke is clearly not the answer for this team. While I'm not gonna put this all on Drew Lock's shoulders, I think their problems are far more extreme than just the quarterback. And yes, John Elway and Vic Fangio, I am looking directly at you if you were sitting across the table for me. I love Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator, but the fact of if you look at his record as a head coach with the roster that they have, to me, and we talked about this, that signifies a coaching issue. It's probably the wrong person for the job. But more importantly, Elway and Vic, they let Rich Scangarello walk away from this team last year and brought in Pat Shermer. So they went from a top-flying offense to like 28th or 29th ranked in the league, Pat Shermer is as boring as it can be. You're not making the right decisions to put your players in the place, and the offense plummeted from there, and I put this on them more than I put it on the players on their roster.
1: Okay, I'm going to somewhat agree to disagree here, and let me tell you why. Looking at this this team on paper, they're loaded from an offensive and defensive uh, um, uh, standpoint there. I do agree they need to get better coaching. That's the issue. When you have a loaded roster and your team's mediocre, that means your coaching's bad. However, let's play a game real quick. The following numbers I'm about to spit at you are the first 18 games of two quarterbacks. I want you to basically say, who would you rather have? Quarterback A, 56.3 completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, a 73.5 QBR. Or QBB, 59.1 completion percentage, more touchdowns, 23, less interceptions, 18 interceptions, 79.1 QBR, which is higher than the QBA. B. B was Drew Locke. Do you know who A was? I do not. Josh Allen. Wow. Why, why wasn't Josh Allen getting all the, all the, all these people coming up with the torches, you know, looking for his you know, to be replaced? That being said, I still think they need to bring in a veteran like an Andy Dalton or a Fitzpatrick okay. or someone good enough to make Locke compete, but not – too good to make him pretty much sink, uh, I mean, to sink. So, I don't know why it's not translating, though, right?
0: So, going back to the quarterback being the need, think of who they have as weapons. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Loaded. KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, Noah Font. Like, there are people out there. There are There are potential targets for this. So, I don't know why it hasn't come together. Again, maybe we're tying back to coaching and being put into opportune spots. But I agree with you. I would normally suggest if I'm sitting in a general manager seat that I'm going to address this in the draft. If the chips fall the way that they do, I think they pick eighth or ninth overall, maybe ninth. Maybe one of those top four or five fall to me, and I can go another season with Locke and not rush this individual in and see if it clicks. I'm not in a bad spot, but I think it's more along the lines of like a reclamation project. Maybe it's Andy Dalton. Your favorite quarterback in the NFL, maybe it's Mitch Trubisky that gives them a or a Tyrod Taylor or a Cam Newton. Is he like married to someone in your family? He, I, he's not. I just I just think he gets a he gets everything that he deserves, but I think it is a bum rap based on being in a bum organization. If, if he wasn't a me. first
1: round pick, I'm not sure we're saying his name as much.
0: But he was. So <laughs> who lets these guys walk? Okay. You know what I mean? So cornerback. I already let talked about Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson gone unless Kareem Jackson's willing to restructure, but he's also 33 years old. You have some young pieces there. Duke Dawson, 26. Um, Ojemudia, 24. Um, one person who I love who's on this roster, and I know I'm not here to talk about who's on the roster, but Parnell Motley. He's 24 years old. I love him out of Oklahoma. He was an undrafted rookie. He's bounced around a little bit, but they need to get this man on the field because I promise you, from what I've seen, he can play the game of football and I think he will be just one of those undrafted guys that um, takes, I don't want to say takes the league by storm, but proves his worth on the actual field. But if I am the Denver Broncos, none of those guys I named are shut down corners. Mm-hmm. I think there is one available in the free agent market right now. And I I find that person to be William Jackson out of Cincinnati. I'm pushing chips all in to go get this guy. And if that fails, I'm thinking Shaq Griffin, Desmond King, Mike Hilton, somebody that I know that I can plug in and start for me right away.
1: Yeah, so William Jackson is a logical fit right there. But listen... Denver does love bringing in veteran cornerbacks, do they not? They brought in Bouye, Kareem Jackson, Akib Talib. They have they have a history of doing this, so why not continue this trend? And ready, go get Patrick Peterson. Okay,
0: I'm looking for a guy that I I know is gonna I'm gonna plug in right away, right? Like so, somebody who's got the resume. Patrick Peterson surely does. I think a little higher little more highly of William Jackson based on where they are in their careers right mm-hmm. now. That's me. I want to move on from from the Broncos here. I don't want to spend too much time, but I wanted to cover two last points. So, Edge, if Von Miller walks, to me, that clearly becomes a need. You have a super sexy piece in Bradley Chubb on the other side of, of the line from him, but I think you need to get a compliment. Here's the, the rule of thumb. You can never have enough pass rush ever, right? Um, I do believe they um, they believe in Draymond Jones, a third-round pick mm-hmm. from 2019. I think he had like six and a half sacks last year. Very interesting piece. But I'm, I'm with my cap room. If my cornerback plans fall through based on who I have on the roster, I'm looking at Shaq Barrett. I'm looking at Carl Lawson. I'm looking at every single top name that is on this pass rush list because if I can get somebody opposite of Bradley Chubb, maybe it matters a little bit less who's in the secondary because I'm going to be getting after quarterbacks. Final piece, defensive tackle. Young, no-name guys on this roster. Drell Casey, gone. Shelby Harris, free agent. I'm thinking, pick your poison. Do I want a run-stopping defensive tackle, or do I want somebody who generates a little bit more pressure? Mm-hmm. And that's going to determine, am I looking at like a Dalvin Tomlinson or ak K1 Short, or maybe someone like an Adama Sue or am I pushing in chips to bring back... Um, why am I drawing a blank here? Shelby Harris. Yes. Right? So I think that's probably the smarter play is bring back a Shelby Harris. Yes. Because you have the cap room to do it. I th- we've already talked about it. They have pieces. They have a really talented roster. Let's keep some, add one or two, and we're competing in the West. Yep. So that's all I got for the Broncos.
1: All right, so let's go to La La Land. We're just gonna, I'll go to the Chargers now. Estimated cap space, $25 million, ranked eighth in the league this year. Yeah, they have a good amount of money, but they do have a lot of holes on this team, and there's going to be a boatload of roster turnovers that we're going to, I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, their top needs, entire offensive line, cornerback, and edge. Uh, some pending free agents: Hunter Henry, 26-year-old tight end. He's a really good inline tight end that's decent in run blocking. But what does that mean in the term of like compensation? What he wants to get paid? The last two seasons, he's averaged 57 receptions, 630 yards, and five touchdowns. Yeah, he's had some red flags. Uh, injury woes. He's missed multiple games every year since he's been in the league. He's not a burner or an electric playmaker like the top tight ends in the league are. Uh, but he wants to get paid close to them. There's that disconnect and that issue. The problem is a team never realizes how much it misses a good tight end until they don't have one. Ask teams like Jacksonville, Cincinnati, the Jets. They would love to have a tight end, tight end that's just good. Uh, the fact that they didn't tag him is somewhat telling. Because uh, if they were to tag him, it would have bought them some more time to work out a long-term deal. Obviously, they're not close because of that. I fully expect him to walk, which I think is a mistake because I felt like they needed to resign him for the sake of continuity for their young quarterback and Justin Herbert. Another mainstay out there in the char- in the, with the Chargers is Melvin Ingram, 32-year-old edge rusher. He's a versatile pass rusher. He can play end, outside linebacker, defensive tackle, inside linebacker as well, believe it or not. He picked a horrible time to play less than 400 snaps in the season because of abundance of injuries he suffered. That's the opposite of what you want to do when you're a 32-year-old pass rusher in a contract year. Unfortunately, I think his days of being a primary pass rusher are actually numbered, where he gets 8 to 10 sacks a year he's going to be more reg, uh, regulated to a complimentary edge rusher. Next up, Michael Davis, 26-year-old cornerback. He's come a real long way since being an undrafted free agent. They always find these like undrafted free agent cornerbacks that play pretty well. He I think has,
0: very highly of Michael
1: Davis. Yes, he, he has great measurables. He's 6'2", 196, ran a 4'3", 4'40". Can play zone or man and excels against bigger wide receivers and tight ends. Last year, he shut down Darren Waller, the Raiders tight end, in their matchup. Hit five interceptions the last two years with the Bolts. He provides L.A. something they don't really have in their cornerbacks, which is size. So I think they should bring him back. But they, but once again, I'm going to keep on beating a dead horse here. It all depends on their new head coach, Brandon Staley, if he just wants to bring in his own guys as opposed to uh, some guys that are already inherited here. Rashawn Jenkins, 27-year-old safety. He's a versatile safety. that played both strong safety and free safety. He's good in pass coverage. Had five interceptions for the Bolts in the last two years. However, he's really bad against the run as he plays timid, indecisive, and takes poor angles. Uh, Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney, 27-year-old interior offensive lineman. These are a pair of disappointing early draft picks for different reasons. Lamp can't stay on the field. Feeney, his average play at best. They probably end up re-signing one of, these, one of the duo. I think for, they have to. Yeah, for continuity purposes and depth. If I had to guess, it would probably be Feeney because he can play both center and guard and is more durable. Uh, last but not least, Denzel Perryman, 20, 28-year-old inside linebacker. He's an old-school linebacker. That has some cool highlight reels. When he blew up uh, that left tackle of them, the Jets—that was a great play. But he's nothing more than a downhill, two-two down linebacker. They have Murray and Tranquil to replace him. He's been regulated to backup duties for the mostly part. Look for them to walk away. Uh, possible cap casualties: Trey Turner. They've already it already came out that they're looking to get rid of him uh, via trade or cut. That will save them eleven point five million dollars uh, in cap space. Linville Joseph, thirty-three-year-old defensive tackle, will save them seven point nine. With Linval Joseph, from a statistical standpoint, like quarterback pressures and sacks, he had his worst year last year as a pro. All that being said, he's still a durable interior defensive lineman that that graded out 68.7 by pro football focus, which is slightly above average. Interior pressure is big in uh, new head coach Staley's scheme. I feel like they depart from Joseph and Staley gets his own guy up in the middle. And last but not least, Casey Hayward, 32-year-old cornerback, will save them $9.75 million. This... might have people scratching their heads. Why? Staley gives me the impression that he's going to want his own guys in L.A., especially on the defensive side of the ball. That's what he specializes in. Hayward doesn't fit the mold with what they're trying to accomplish on defense. They need cornerbacks who are faster and excel more in man coverage, and unfortunately that's not Hayward's bread and butter. Hayward's a good zone cornerback, but he's lost a step. Last year he was constantly getting beaten over the top uh, by faster receivers, and and, uh, pretty much he's on his last year of his deal. I think they cut him and walk away from him.
0: Can I add one more? Go ahead. And Charger fans are going to hate me. Mike Williams. I know he's 27, but when I see, and in fairness to Mike Williams, this is he's probably a better candidate for a restructure than he is for an outright cap casualty, but Agreed. something needs to be addressed here. $15.6 million in savings for him right now, if you were to cut him, to me, the production just doesn't match the contract. You made this argument with Jarvis Landry a few episodes mm-hmm. ago in this, and I and I feel the same way. I think his ceiling is tremendous. I think the quarterback that is in place now can maximize those talents, but will it all come to fruition? And I think that's something they need to seriously consider. Is it, it, Again, is he probably a cap casualty? Most likely not, but he is – most likely the prime candidate for a restructure. Something, has to, yeah, yes.
1: something has to be done with that fifth-year option. The only question is if you do get rid of him. I mean, you get rid of him everything that made Herbert successful last year.
0: I'm not saying he's everything. Yeah. He's a component yeah. of it. But
1: I mean, Henry, Williams. Often, you know, the math says he's not playing yeah. to the number. I agree. Uh, potential free age, free agent targets. Like I said previously, there will be a lot of roster turnover this year to fit the mold-slash-vision of the new head coach Brandon Stanley he's trying to achieve. Normally, Chargers management tries to force assistant coaches and players onto their new head coaches. And they're normally like, hey, here, put this round peg in this square hole. But this year, they've bucked that trend, and it appears they're ready to clear house and reshape this off, uh, this uh, roster. So for offensive line, they're not going to be able to fix their entire offensive uh, line woes strictly from free agency. But there's two guys I want to actually bring to your attention for this offensive line renaissance. We're talking about Corey Lindsley, center from Green Bay, and Alejandro Villanueva, left tackle from Pittsburgh, who are both solid options, especially from a pass blocking standpoint. What makes them more attractive to L.A. is that they're dependable from a durability standpoint. That is most important. So for cornerbacks, uh, I look at, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record. Once again, keep on saying the same thing over and over again, but I fully expect Staley to bring in his guys over. And former uh, Los Angeles Rams cornerback Troy Hill is one of those guys. He proves he provides uh, position flexibility as he can play both on the boundary and or the slot and usually good for two to three interceptions per year. And last but not least, Edge. Leonard Floyd is a popular name being associated with the Chargers for the main fact that he's had multiple stints with Brandon Staley, both in Chicago and last year in Los Angeles. Uh, but another name to watch out is that Shelby Harris because he's had uh, ties to Brandon Staley as well.
0: see what you're doing there, Lou. You're connecting the dots. Yeah, and you've been doing this for a few and. In- I agree. I'm like a mad genius. The the only two comments I'm going to throw out here is that new coach, new era, who knows my scheme, who knows how I coach, those are going to be attractive names to this organization. I agree with a Troy Hill, a Leonard Floyd. Uh, These are folks that have had success in his scheme, so why not try to replicate that? Mm -hmm. But I agree wholeheartedly with you about shoring up this offensive line because their most important asset is their quarterback, and you need to keep him upright because when he is upright – he has proven in one season that he is immensely talented and has a very, very bright future in this league. So wh- whoever that name is, mm-hmm. I agree with Villanueva for consistency, being on the field, has a coveted skill set, um, and, and will definitely block his heart out for that individual. But I think that is that should be priority number yeah. one, is how do I protect number seven for a long period of time? Mm-hmm. Are we good there? We're good. All right, let's move on to the last
1: The Raiders. The
0: Raiders. I almost put Oakland when I was putting my notes. (laughs) I had to readjust, and I was looking for them, and I'm like, where's this Oakland team? Sorry, Raider fans. I know you are now the Las Vegas Raiders. Last look, just under $18 in available cap. I have them 15th overall in cap space, 24 free agents. Top needs, honestly, the entire defense. Mm -hmm. Line, edge, linebacker, every level of the defense needs improvement, and I'm even throwing out wide receiver, and I'll talk about why here in a moment. Top free agents, inside linebacker Raekwon McMillan. We've talked about him before. He's 26 years old. He's uber-athletic. I think you got to find a way to make this work and click for him. Defensive end, Vic Beasley. Wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Guard, Gabe Jackson. Defense tackle, Jonathan Hankins. list goes on and on. DN Tack McKinley. Tackle, Denzel Good. I can keep going if you want me to. There's a, a handful more, but that's not a good sign for this team that needs to be improving, not taking steps backwards based on where they are in the Gruden-Mayock era, if you will. Some cap casualties, we already saw one happen with Tyrell Williams. He's already signed out there with Detroit. The other one I have is that that hybrid cornerback safety, LaMarcus Joyner, 31 years old. I see $8.7 million coming back from him. Another safety, Jeff Heath, $30, 3200000 Tackle, Brandon Parker, who's only 26, but I, I, I think in the route that they're going, they need to free up money and get some new faces in here. And then the other name here is quarterback Marcus Mariota, um, 20 years old, $11.3 million. That's a lot of money to be paying. My, who is A backup. Yeah, he's my backup quarterback, evidently, by not making a move away from Carr at all.
1: I'm probably a future Bear quarterback.
0: <laughs> Patriot fans, he might be yours as well. Um, so what do I think? I think this team, like I said, is going backwards, not forward. I was always a Gruden guy when we were growing up. I loved when he came back. I thought Oakland fit him when he had his success out there and coming back there. But I don't know if he resonates in the NFL today, and I don't know if players are, are jiving with him, and that's evident by reactions on the sideline to me. I was an even bigger fan of Mike Mayock as a draft analyst, not necessarily as a general manager. Some very suspect draft moves for me, a la Cleland Farrell, Henry Ruggs. Damon Arnett. Um, Jonathan Abram. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to talk about him in, in a moment here. The the good thing... Go ahead, Lou.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say they're not good at this thing called football, especially with a <laughs> drafting or free agency. A matter
0: That of, came from him, Raiders fan. Yeah, I
1: mean? well, listen, I'm going to tell you why. In a matter of... A, well, how are they going to justify this? In a matter of a year and a half, they acquired Tyrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, Trent Brown, Vontaze Burfecht. Only see these big money signings, Cut or released or traded. No. Yep. They're not good at this.
0: No. Um, they did do a smart move. They freed up a lot of money by getting rid of left tackle Trent Brown. Um, I think he was playing left tackle for them, right tackle. I know he's had Right some tackle, t- right tackle. Or right tackle. So, back to New England where he's had his most success. Good for him. Good for um, Las Vegas being able to move on from him and free up that cap room. Um. One thing I did notice is their offensive line is still very young outside of Rodney Hudson, their center, who's 32 years old. But I think he's a talented player, and I think he can still play for quite some time. So no reason to to tweak that at all. Let these guys play out. As I mentioned, the elephant in the room here is the defense needs improvement, and they need it immediately. So if I'm thinking by position, by level of the field, defensive tackle, they just need a savvy veteran in this mix. Whether that's Tomlinson, whether that's Sue, whether that's bringing back Hankins or or Sheldon Rankings – I think all of them are interesting fits, but they got to bring, they got to find somebody who can solidify that front four in some capacity just from anchoring against the run, maybe getting a little pressure up the middle. Edge, this is what's crazy to me. They have some really interesting pieces. Cleveland Farrell, 24. But he had two sacks in 11 games. That's not going to cut it. Carl Nassib, 28. Two and a half sacks in 14 games. Arden Key, 24. Zero sacks. In 14 games. What does that say to me? You are not getting to the quarterback with young people you have invested into.
1: Yeah, they need someone outside of uh, Max Crosby. And some logical fits, I think, could be Melvin Ingram. He has a history with new Raiders defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Yannick Ngakwe or Trey Hendrickson could also be a logical fit. Now, all that being said, I can almost positively confirm Gruden is going to sign Jadavion Clowney. Old, not good.
0: Yeah, it it just makes sense, right, with the the guy's mentality. So I didn't even speculate on somebody that they should bring in. What I wanted to clearly articulate is it needs to improve immediately. You don't win football games, and you don't help your secondary out if you're not getting pressure. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to their most pressing need, if you ask me, is the secondary in its entirety, Coming from a former defensive back, coverage is arguably more important than pass rush. And there are studies and statistics that would back this up, but that's not the sexy talk in the NFL. We'll save that for another topic when there's a lull in the football season, and I'll validate my point. Essentially, if you have good coverage, you allow the defensive line more time to get to the quarterback, what it boils down to. They were the fourth lowest graded coverage unit in 2020. You mentioned an individual specifically, Jonathan Abram, was the lowest graded safety in coverage in the NFL. Yes, I know they're young. No, this is not acceptable if you want to win football games. So to counterbalance that, the logical target for me is Richard Sherman, veteran leader. And when he's on the field, he is always a top rated coverage guy. Former defensive coordinator of Richard Sherman is now the new D.C. In Las Vegas, Gus Bradley, Lou. You see how I did that? I connected the dots for you. Look right at the there, brain on There lesson. you go. Um, I think you got to take a flyer on somebody like Malik Hooker. Stay, stay young. Um, yep. You know, upside, high ceiling. Let's see if he balls out for you. Um, or do you get really aggressive and go get John Johnson, who you already know how I feel about this individual. Or if you if you want to keep people here on the West Coast, maybe it's Jaquisky Tart has a lot of experience at both positions. You know, based on need, he can fill that free safety. He can play um, fill that strong safety. So, Raider fans, you need help on defense, and it starts in the secondary, and then you move up to the line.
1: So once again, um, they need help on defense. All that being said, watch them sign Kenny Galladay and avoid the defense totally.
0: Again, <laughs> what we what we let in with them is our. Gruden and Mayock in lockstep, and when they are, does it even make sense for their football team?
1: We'll let's That's go, what it comes down to. Let's go back to L.A. now to uh, the NFC uh, West with the Rams. Uh, between the Rams and the Saints, I'm going to say they're going about to approve. Uh, they're about to approve that the salary cap is a farce. Uh, they're 33 million dollars over the salary cap, ranking them second to last. Uh, in the league. Their top needs are interior offensive line, edge, whether it's from the defensive end or outside linebacker position, and cornerback. Some pending free agent, Austin Blythe, 25 year old center, is an inconsistent, mediocre, mediocre center at best. The only reason why he comes back is because the price tag is just cheap enough for them and the Rams can't find an upgrade on the uh, free agent market. Gerald Everett. Look, looks like the Rams made the decision with their tight end when they kept and signed Tyler Higby to a four-year $29 million back in 2019 extension. Uh, Leonard Fo- Leonard Floyd, once again, this poor horse that we're being to death in a bunch of our previous podcasts. Cliff Notes version, solid, ed- solid edge rusher, perhaps more of a complimentary edge rusher than an alpha dog who had career highs last year in sacks 10.5 and pressures 30. All right. Even though they would love to have him back, I don't see how they can actually bring him back with what's going on with their salary cap uh, situation troy hill we already talked about him and what he brings to the table earlier on i think there's a good possibility he does come back for the rams that's only if his former defensive coordinator brand still doesn't try to poach him and lure him to the other side of los angeles john johnson a lot of people including you were shocked that he wasn't tagged and i I'm, get it i'm floored i'm honestly
0: floored that that decision was not made
1: listen he was a signal caller for the top ranked defense last year he had 105 tackles he covers so much ground the back end of that defense he's strong in coverage all that being said, it's no coincidence that the Rams drafted Terrell Burgess last, uh, last year, the strong safety out of Utah. I'm not saying he's, on, he's, he's Johnson's caliber of a player, but I do know the Rams are higher on Burgess and his skill sets than perhaps me and you. Uh, they also feel comfortable with third-year player uh, Taylor Rapp in a free, uh, free safety position who came out of Washington, who we both love. Possible cap casualties, Michael Brockers, 30-year-old type, uh, defensive tackle. He had five sacks last year in 2020, and PFF gave him a grade of 64.4, which is pretty much average. He's a really good complementary piece to Aaron Donald. But unfortunately, given the salary cap environment this year, he's more of a luxury than a necessity. A'shaun Robson, 25-year-old defensive tackle. Hasn't been the poster trial of health in the last three years. Limited skill set as a pass rusher. That's just basically a nice way of saying he doesn't <laughs> get to the quarterback. There's also uh, there's, there's another way to spend $3.75 million than an off-injured run stuff in defensive tackle. Also look for a bunch of restructures from the likes of Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Now, for a potential free agent target... Ru- Ru- Luke, can ahead. I
0: throw one in there? Go ahead. Um, I have two, but I'm only going to talk about one in the interest of time. Left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. 40 years old, and you're starting left tackle. 40 years young, please. 40 years young, yes. Well, he's older than me, so I can still talk about we'll right that. I know we're not far behind him. But when I see $5.3 million in savings from a 40 year old left tackle, I know he is a model of consistency for them, and he has been a tremendous left tackle throughout his entire career. But given their dire cap scenario, to me, it just logically makes sense. And you and I have talked about this, and we'll talk about this leading into the draft that that's a position that can be addressed. Now, I know they don't have a first round pick for God knows how long. So are they getting the upper echelon talent? Probably not, but with a creative play-calling genius like Sean McVay, can I slide a rookie in there or a much cheaper option in there and scheme around that while I'm trying to protect Stafford? I don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking a little bit outside the box, and it's hard for me to go in with my new shiny toy and say I'm going to protect him with a guy who's 10 years older
1: than him. Okay. Potential free agent targets. Um, Listen, it's going to be hard to duplicate last year's success on defense with all the free agents they could be losing on that side of the ball. And the fact they lost their defensive coordinator this offseason, this defense is poised for a step back. However, if you're a glass half full person, which I'm not, by the way, their offense is loaded and better with the acquisition of Matt Stafford. There really aren't too many holes on that side of the ball. So uh, we took a look at interior offensive line. Rams could be looking to upgrade or replace the center position. And I think a, a fit that makes too much sense is Alex Mack. Is he getting up there in the age of 35 years old? Yeah. Uh, is he still the dominant player that he once was? No. But believe it or not, he played well for Atlanta last year. He only allowed one sack and three penalties, and he fits their zone-blocking scheme out in L.A. to a T. And most importantly, he won't demand a large salary, and he'll want to play for a contender. That it just, It's just a match made in heaven there. Cornerback. We already discussed last episode how I love to connect the dots, right?
0: <laughs> We've so been if, discussing it this entire
1: episode, That's actually. true, too. I'm, I'm very humble, by the way. If Hill does indeed walk away from the Rams, look for Raheem Morris, new defensive coordinator for LA, to bring in a familiar face in Darquise Denard, where they have spent last year together. Denard provides some position flexibility with his ability to play on the outside, but he's better off suited on the inside slot. Last but not least, uh, Edge. I'd assume the Rams are transitioning from a 3-4 scheme to a 4-3 alignment, being that that's Raheem's Morris bread and butter. Olivier Vernon would be a nice replacement for Leonard Floyd once he decides to walk away. I agree. Yeah, we've stated in previous shows Vernon has been inconsistent in his play, but he did recently post a nine-sack season last year in Cleveland. The caveat here, he's coming off an Achilles injury, like we said before, and he's a, play, he's a player that would actually, I think, charge for the ability to play for a contender at a discounted price. I'm sure he also wouldn't mind relocating from uh, relocating to L.A. from sunny, beautiful Ohio.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't mind that one bit. So just to add a little flavor here, I think the the biggest impact in free agency has already been made for them, and that is the transition mm-hmm. of bringing in Stafford and relinquishing themselves of uh, Jared Goff. During our QB carousel chat, I mentioned how I graded this an A for the Rams. So I think the focus should be more on retaining the names that they can and then given the cap situation, being able to bring in those pieces because it's it's really just not – a reality. They're going to lose some sexy names. John Johnson, Leonard Floyd, hearing rumbles that some other offensive pieces might be on the move, like looking to ship and shop Robert Woods. and see. I think that would be a drastic mistake, but I understand the business behind it, that they might have to make a decision related to that. So again, my focus for them would be more like keep what I can because this team is there already. And I have to believe that the quarterback that I brought in Gets me over the top.
1: All right. Otherwise, so, why I make that move? So I believe we're going a little up north, up the coast in California. Where are we
0: going? We're moving up to the Bay, the Bay Area for the San Francisco 49ers. Last tally, just about $24 million in expendable cap. Um, that leaves them 11th overall in cap space. 33 free agents of their own. Top needs, cornerback, potentially quarterback, edge, Potentially left tackle, being very specific there, um, and center as well. And I'm going to articulate all this in a moment. So the top free agents, left tackle Trent Williams. Lou, you and I gushed about him in our in our last conversation. Yeah, he, he made
1: you shit yourself last less, uh, less He uh, still
0: pod. is making me def- defecate, to use your ah, words. There
1: we go. Highbrow. We're yeah. highbrow.
0: Um, cornerback Richard Sherman, 33 years old. Defensive end Solomon Thomas, 26. A big piece in, in an offensive cog here. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk, 30. Um some other pieces. Jaquisky Tart, but you're gonna hear a common theme here. Quarterback, Kaywan Williams, wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne, cornerback, Jason Verrett, cornerback, Akella Weatherspoon, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, and the backup QBs are gone. What was the common theme there? Literally the five starting cornerbacks on the of the top five cornerbacks on this roster are free agents. You wanna suit up for them? I'm like a five five forty guy right now at my age, Lou. It's not going to go well for me. But. I can't
1: even make the 40. I'm more of like a 10-yard <laughs> shuttle type of guy.
0: I'm a, I'm a three-cone guy. Yeah. Um, some cap casualties. Yeah, ice cream cones. <laughs> <laughs> three in a sitting. Some cap casualties. Edge, D Ford. Hasn't been on the field. The move... Made sense on paper when they made it, and he was a big part of that, that prominence in 2019 coming off that edge, opposite of a, a Nick Bosa. But I see 15.3 post-June 1. I don't even know if this man can play. He's had the back issues, stemming to the neck issues. We'll see how that goes. Um, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, $23.6 million if you cut him right now. Decisions like this are going to be made based on what happens very quickly in free agency and the and the draft. Uh, they have options to move on from him. And I know this is the talk of the town and I'll talk about it in a moment. Center Weston Richburg, 4.5 million. He's re-injured himself in the offseason. Has to go in for another surgery. Very likely he retires.
1: How do you get hurt on your day off? Got to be <laughs> What are
0: you stealing club what you stealing cardboard boxes for? What are you trying to build a clubhouse? <laughs> um, the other one, linebacker Mark and zachoa one point five million. That's already been announced. That's gonna happen. So, Lou, here are the facts. The talk of the town is figuring out the QB scenario if you scour 49ers Twitter Twitter, and any other social media. And there's a lot of moving parts here. But this talk around the QB has masked the fact that there's going to be a lot of churn at this ros- on this roster at very critical positions on both sides of the ball. Once upon a time, this team was thought to have the most depth in the league mm-hmm. at every position, which is what made them um, very dangerous. That's likely not going to be the case they're anymore. Everything
1: they're going to cornerback, be cornerback,
0: defensive line, thirty-three free agents. Yeah. I just talked about five. Your top five cornerbacks on yeah. the roster are most likely walking away. So this is why, to me, cornerback is the number one glaring need that they need to figure out. Let's do it. Um, not just the entire defense. I just talked about their top five are walking. They need to find a way to keep two of them, um, and they need to draft and get scrappy in free agency to bring some other names back. I think they should be focused on bringing back Jason Verrett and Kwan Williams. I've gushed about Kwan being the best slot corner and nickel corner in the NFL, and Jason Verrett is coming off of a monster year when he had multiple years where he couldn't even stay on the field. So that's a roll of the dice. Sherman's gone, right? I, I think they're fed up with somebody like Akello Weatherspoon. Maybe even Emmanuel Mosley, somebody who was part of that 2019 run, had you know made a lot of starts down the end. But based on spend here, and depending on what shakes out the quarterback position, I think they are they can be aggressive and go look at somebody like Shaq Griffin and try to steal them from a, an in-division r- uh, rival. Were you about to add something?
1: Yeah. What about Michael Davis and Kevin King? Those are two names to watch out there. They have the typical size and experience to play in that cover three scheme and won't break the bank either, man.
0: I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think this is the focal point yeah. of free agency. The other aspect is... Edge and defensive line. You got Bosa coming off of torn ACL when healthy. You saw what he did in his rookie year in the league. It was, Beast. Ph- yeah, phenomenal. D Ford, will he ever be back on the field? You're losing Kerry Hyder, who I've talked about multiple times on these shows as being like a relatively unknown, but coming off eight and a half sacks. So who can they target? Their defensive line is interesting because they rotate a lot of pieces. Do they bring back their former first-round pick in, in Solomon Thomas and let him line up in, in different places, who's also coming off of a torn ACL in the same game that Nick Bosa tore his ACL? Um, but can they prioritize defensive tackle as well? Another name, I'm beating a dead horse here, Shelby Harris. If you have cap flexibility, you can entertain these names.
1: Yeah, their, their defensive line used to be so robust. Now it's extremely thin. It's important because that defensive line, set the tone of that cover three you want to generate pressure with the front four and let the you know the back end of that defense pretty much just fly i don't know how they're going to be able to do that because they're that thin in my opinion uh, especially you know uh, at that defensive line
0: yeah again depth is no longer that changes a lot of things here left tackle i'm gonna i'm gonna sum this up in a blanket statement they need to sign trent williams it is literally that simple mm-hmm. they have depth at other parts of the O line some younger names um, some guys that maybe the 49ers fans aren't in love with but have been stout for for all intents and purposes you sign Trent for another three or four years this man is going to Canton Ohio and you let him decide whether he wants to do it as a Washington Redskin or excuse me as part of Ooh, the Washington football team I got offended or as part of the San Francisco I'm 49ers. Offended. Center's a need. Weston Richburg um, most likely is hanging this up or is most likely going to be um, given his walking papers. I think Alex Mack is a really sexy name with that veteran leadership to go with that line. Wide receiver, I think they can entertain adding a piece here. Everybody's high on Debo Samuel. Everybody's high on Brandon Ayuk after um, his rookie year. I'm interested to see if this guy Jalen Hurd, who hasn't been able to find the field in two years but was a third-round draft pick for him, if he can find stay healthy this year, He's got an interesting skill set. Running back in college, converted to wide receiver when he went out to Baylor. I think the 49ers and, and Kyle Shanahan specifically could move this guy around as a chess piece and get his, scheme him open. And what can he do with the ball in his hands? Were you gonna add a name?
1: Yeah, so listen, Debo, there's no there's no lies here when Debo, you know, saying that Debo and Ayuk are studs and exciting. But man, if one of those go down, watch out. What about Brashad Perriman? Won't cost, won't bang, yeah. Yeah, you know, stretch the field, won't cost you too much. Add nice rotation there.
0: We're in agreement. A piece needs to be added. Yes. Does, is that thin. piece already on the roster that hasn't seen the field? Or do I have or does he need to be go acquired from the outside? I'm gonna bring this full circle back to quarterback. Is Jimmy G the guy? That's that's the the speculation is that he's not, depending upon who you're you're surveying. I think he will be at least for 2021, even if they draft a rookie early in the first round with their 12th pick. But freeing up his contract does really make this team dangerous in free agency to go acquire somebody that they might think. I personally believe that their 2021 quarterback is not acquired in free agency, Mm -hmm. and their 2022 quarterback is not acquired in, in free agency. So... I think the draft is the more likely scenario, and 49er fans, Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback in 2021.
1: I agree cohortily, and once again, it's a shame we're not talking about trades here, because I would have a three-way, because tra- if we did, I would have like this three, crazy three-way trade in my head where Jimmy G goes to the Pats for a third and they'll flip a second for Darnold, boom. But once again, we're not talking about trades. Let's go on.
0: Have you been talking to my next door neighbor who's a Patriots <laughs> fan, because I think he's re- reiterated this exact same scenario to me. I got your house And I 10. told him I'm not on trades yet. All right, so we're moving on. we got two more to go in the NFC West, yeah, Lou. We'll, Let's bring it down the home stretch yeah, here. Yeah,
1: we're got the we going out to the desert and talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Estimated salary cap space is $21 million, ranked 14th in the league. Their top needs are right guard, right tackle, tight end, running back, linebacker, and cornerback. They're pending free agents, Larry Fitzgerald. Sorry, Larry. I love you. You don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. 38. He's, he's 38, he's, right? Wow, wow. I can't picture being 38. Uh, so from one mainstay to another mainstay out there in Arizona, Patrick Peterson. He's a 31-year-old cornerback. Um, he's still very good, albeit he's not the dominant boundary presence as he once was. Cornerback is an area of need, so unless they want to go younger and cheaper, I find it hard to believe they walk away from a guy who can still get you three to four interceptions uh, you know, a year. Calvin Beecham, not a sexy name, but he's a consistent right tackle who's still 31 years old. In 2020, he had five penalties, allowed three sacks. Is that great? No. Is that bad? No. While it won't be a sexy signing, Cardinals, for the uh, for the Cardinals to bring back Beecham. They should bring him back because he fits in their budget and he buys them some time to develop their second-year tackle, Josh Jones. Uh, last but not least, uh, we're we'll doing uh, actually you got two. Uh, Kenyon Drake. The only way Drake comes back is if to the desert. If he takes a team-friendly deal, he's destined to be a running back by committee, as he proved time and time and time again. He cannot shoulder a primary running back load. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, I'm not saying he's bad, but the old adage, less is more, perfectly describes Drake's ability when it comes to the field. He's never rushed over for 1,000 yards, and don't talk to me about touchdowns. Those are the flukiest measurements of a running back. Last but not least, Hassan Reddick. Uh, the signing of J.J. Watt pretty much sealed his fate to find employment elsewhere in 2021. Uh, should be interesting to see if last year was a fluke or a, th- a sign of things to come.
0: I-, I have a comment about that, but I'll save it too okay. after you wrap up.
1: Possible cap casualties. Justin Pugh. He's a halfway decent offensive lineman. Provides some experience at both guard and tackle, so his position flexibility perhaps inflates value. But that $9.1 million uh, cap saving, that is sure is tempting to pass up. They already got rid of uh, Robert Alford, who I think saved them uh, $7.5 million. Devon Cunard. Cunard's a nice rotational spot starter at the edge position. Parting with him frees up $4.1 million. But it leaves him really thin on the outside. And last but not least, Jordan Hicks. If Arizona still needs to pin some pennies, they can look at releasing Hicks, who's a 28-year-old inside linebacker. Hicks has been quietly productive for the Cardinals over the last two years, where he's accumulated over 100 tackles in both seasons. Uh, 150 back in 2019, I was shocked. And uh, 11 tackles for losses in consecutive years. Parting with him will make way for second-year linebacker Isaiah Simmons, and it will save them another $3.5 million. Uh, Potential free agent targets, listen, I think they made their big splash already with J.J. Watt signing. The rest of their efforts will be focused on plugging up some glaring holes through low-cost free agency options. For linebacker, the name that jumps out to me is K.J. Wright. I love a good old-fashioned revenge tour when it comes to players jumping ship. Quiring Wright would uh, provide them flexibility at the mic and sand position as he's shown to play both spots at an effective level. Cornerback, Quinton Dunbar, we've said his name a couple of times. He picked a bad year to be banged up. He's just a year removed from a four-interception campaign with the Washington football team. He wouldn't come overly expensive and would be a nice complimentary piece opposite side of Patrick Peterson. And at guard, if they're looking to promote healthy competition at the right guard position, Jermaine Ifedi would be another nice target for the Cardinals. He didn't play well in Seattle, but when he transitioned to right guard, he proved to be more competent and comfortable during his short stint with Chicago.
0: So I I mentioned I had a comment. I actually love your KJ Wright suggestion. Cardinal fans would probably be thrilled to see him in their uniform as he has terrorized the entire NFC West for years. So it'd be a nice change of pace to not have to worry about that man. Still think he's got plenty of good years left in him. Like you said, can play multiple positions. Very interesting chess piece to add. My final agreement here is that the big move already happened. The unexpected move In full transparency, when we talked about J.J. Watt, I don't think any one of us ever had a pulse that Arizona would be the the destination, right? Early on, we linked him to so many teams. Him opposite Chandler Jones is just crazy to think about conceptually. And I believe that makes Hassan Reddick the odd man out. But to me, this is actually a mistake. Where they are in their careers right now, youth versus legacy and things of that nature... I think letting Reddick walk in free agency is going to be something that the Cardinals will actually regret because I don't expect – J.J. Watt is a really big knee. He probably can still play football at a pretty high level, but you're paying for past results, not future results with him.
1: Isn't that what all good general managers do, though?
0: Uh, Apparently, that is literally (laughs) the storyline of the NFL. All right, so we're good. Wrapped up there with, with the Cardinals. Final piece here, the Seattle Seahawks. $20 in change in available cap space. I have them number 12 overall in in total available cap. They have 32 free agents of their own. To me, top needs are going to be cornerback, defensive line, and that interior offensive line specifically at guard. Top free agents, quarterback Shaquille Griffin, who we've talked about a lot, linebacker K.J. Wright, cornerback Quentin Dunbar. Um, Mikey Potty retired, so that's a one guard spot there that we have to worry about. You've mentioned this name before, Ethan Pochich, right? 26 years old, just not being utilized right there, but that's going to be a loss, and they're going to realize that once he walks. Running back Chris Carson, who I do think they should want to bring back, g- taking a look at their their other running backs right now. Tight end Jacob Hollister, they just released DN, Carlos Dunlap, wide receiver David Moore. Cap casualties. I might sound crazy here. Left tackle, Dwayne Brown.
1: Oh, you're out of your mind. No way, dude. You're out of your mind. No way. Yo, if they cut Brown, no way. their next mood needs to be trading Russell Wilson because he would be pissed. Is that not the talk of the town right now? He's still very good. Last year, he allowed only two sacks, bro. At two thirty-six, 36.
0: I see 11, 11 million plus in savings. And I'm going to make the same argument I did with... Andrew Whitworth, sometimes it's time. This is where the, the play is going to fall off. We saw this with Jason Peters. You see this with a number of left tackles. Dwayne Brown is a tremendous player, and they gave up assets to get him. But this is still a business at the end of the day. And I think this is something they need to entertain at the very least. I can't be paying this man that $12 million, 13, $14 million plus cap hit this year. I can't. I, I literally can't do it. The other piece, and I can't even believe... Lou, punters are people too. They are, man. But Michael Dixon at $3.3 million, I know he is talented. I'm well aware of that from a punter standpoint. He puts he does a lot for their special teams and puts their defense in favorable positions. But in this market, can you really be paying your punter three point, more than 3.3? That's the cap savings if they were to cut him. So let's round it up to $4 million in this climate. I can't pay my punter that. Something needs to be done about that. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of recognizable names, I think, are, are starting to clamor to get out of Seattle, evident by free agents and other, evident by other speculation. Not that Russell Wilson has come out and said, I need a trade and he's not pulling the Deshaun Watson card. But for some reason, there's those underlying tones that he's an expendable name that they may want to, they don't want to move on from, but it may be something that they have to consider. They need to iron out this speculation right now because the numbers say you cannot move him regardless of what he wants or the scenario it is. If you cut him, it's either a $58 million cap hit right now or post you won $32 million. If you trade him, it's a $39 million cap hit right now or $13 million post June 1. That's just not a favorable position to be in when you don't have the the, the cap, right? It's, mm-hmm. You just can't do anything about it. He's staying, so they need to repair whatever this discord is. It needs, to be, it needs to be rectified, and it needs to be rectified immediately. Seattle Seahawk fans are losing sleep daily over this speculation.
1: All right, enough about the Wilson talk. We're going to hear this throughout the whole season. I know, season. I know, I know.
0: But it gives us It's a nice lead-in to okay. some of our, yes. uh, when it's a lull time in the season. Exactly. Cornerback, um, they need to focus on bringing back their people, and it starts with uh, Shaquille Griffin. Stellar in 2019, and even in 2020, while he was playing through some nagging injuries. I think Trey Flowers on the opposite side of the ball, is a player, but they have to pair somebody with him. If I'm outside and I'm not able to retain Shaq Griffin, I'm looking at the likes of, again, William Jackson, Desmond King, Chidobe Awuzie, Mike Hilton, all the usual names. I'm getting tired of rattling them off, but this is something they need to share up on that defense. Defensive line, and I'm talking about the entirety of the line. Tackle, edge, etc. I'm lumping them in together. They do have some young pieces. J. Ron Reed, L.J. Collier, they have proved to be playing well for for the most part but they need to get another run stuffer and they need to bolster the pass rush immediately cutting carlos D- dunlap statistically didn't show up on paper but he was somebody that you had to account for that's a loss if they have this flexibility in the cap I- i'm being redundant here but are you looking at dalvin tomlinson or are you looking at shelby harris probably not but these are names that you should be considering edgewise Will they pursue the top names like Shaq Barrett, like Carl Lawson? Again, probably not, but I think Alden Smith is a name you may hear tossed around out there, or even like a Yannick Ngakwe could be an intriguing piece for this team. I think his value is actually slipping a bit right now. I think there are other players in the edge market that are rising above him, so he could be had... Um, add a steal, and another one that I'll throw in before I let you chime in is I think Melvin Ingram would be a nice addition to this defense. Yeah, he could
1: play Leo yep. uh, uh, on that defense. Can I bring like an out of a box idea for Edge?
0: Yeah, that's is why that, we're here. Is that, this that, is our time. Nobody can tell us we can't do it. Trust, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is you're, this is a safe place. Liv.
1: I'm about to I'm about to confuse the hell out of you. How about Carlos Dunlap? And you're probably thinking, what? They just cut him. I don't. Why would they? Why, how'd that even work? Listen, things like this happen. I think, listen, they did trade for him, right? So there is interest in him. And I just think they didn't want to bring him back at the salary he was making. In eight games last year, he had six sacks with Seattle. Over a 16-game season, that's 12 sacks. They've been trying to f- fix this pass rush for years. And I think that could be a out-of-the-box idea for him to come back. And crazier things have happened, especially th- during this offseason.
0: I don't think that's crazy at all. Cutting Carlos Dunlap was a business decision, right? It's the same concept of of a cap casualty taking place. Go test your market. When you find out it's not what you thought it was going to be, come come on home. Come on home. The door's door's open. We were interested in you in the first place. We gave up assets to get you. Please come back. We will welcome you with open arms. I wouldn't
1: be shocked if that was the conversation they actually had. I'm sure it was. And and Carlos
0: has been around long enough to know that this is – that's the first time he's heard this conversation, whether it's himself or – Teammates. Yeah, exactly. Final piece, they got to look at the offensive line. Um, They have some young individuals like Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes, but they need to add depth pieces here as well, and probably in the likes of some of these older veterans, like can you bring J.R. Sweezy back to Seattle? Um, Perhaps it's maybe like Pat Elfline from the New York Jets or Keleche Osemele. Not the, the upper echelon, but people that, if you're able to acquire one or two of those individuals, more likely than not that they're going to be starters for you and could potentially be an improvement based on what you have on the roster here today.
1: I'm sure Russell Wilson's going to get so excited when he hears Pat Eflon or Kelechi Osimile going to be blocking you know, the front of him. However, if you do want to make Russell feel all nice and special inside and all mushy and what have you, why not upgrade the running back position? Listen, go get the best running back on the market, one who's dynamic as a rusher and a receiver, about Aaron Jones. I mean, what's the worst that can happen when you pay a pay a free agent running back big money, right? <laughs> that's, just good bi- you, that's, just, you that's just said, that's just good business.
0: What, wasn't it you who said, what's the one thing you don't do in free agency? And it's you don't pay a top-tier running back in free agency. And I would I'm here for Seattle to watch that happen. And I'm even more here if it flounders. Sorry, Seahawks fans, but just how I feel.
1: Listeners, Google. The definition of sarcasm, because that's just what just happened right now.
0: <laughs> Lou, so I think that wraps us up. Uh, 32 teams in, in a couple weeks here. Been a lot of fun, a lot of content. Let's see what comes to fruition, especially from free agent targets. A lot of our quote-unquote predictions related to cap casualties and stuff, which is some obvious type content, have already come to fruition. So that makes us feel pretty good that we at least know a little bit about what's going on um, and understanding how rosters are made and teams are built. But from here, I think it's only logical. We take a little break. We let kind of free agency wave one, wave two unfold a little bit. I'd love to come back with you and go through a recap of what's taken place and talk about some of the, the bigger moves, potentially grade those out, whatever the case might be. But we've said this now repeatedly. It is Christmas season. We will take the time to prep and prepare for the 2021 NFL draft and the excitement that's going to unfold. So to recap, probably one more show that is a free agency recap and then probably multiple shows leading into the draft. Audience, um, expect a a live mock draft from us in some capacity. Probably numerous. Yeah, leading into that. But as always, Lou, I love it. Appreciate your time, and man.
1: And for the time being, I gotta go be uh, I gotta go be a husband, a father, and an employee now.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if my wife loves me out of the house <laughs> or if she's mad at me, but she's she's very even keel about this and I appreciate her for it. So again, appreciate everybody's so, time. Thanks so for next listening. Time. Yeah. Adios.